Sue Ann Ramella resides in the state of Washington, where she is the host of Northwest Public Radio's Morning Edition. Before that, she was hosting uh, All Things Considered, also part of Northwest Public Radio. But she is most famous for being an outstanding barista at the bookie of Washington State University. Big up Wazoo! And she uh, decides to be brave enough to join us here for this conversation. JLP number three with Ms. Sue Ann Ramella. my head since we worked together at the bookie that's like, a long I, time i know and that's it's what been, are you going like what 25 i guess like 25 years something like that 25 shut years? up it has to be shut up this has to be you were undergrad right uh-huh and we don't look that old because you know you no, got, we don't. you got the african gene and i got half the asian gene i got half the asian gene too dude are you half something else yes you my mother's burmese <gasps> You, you knew that. I did not. You knew and that. And now I love you more. <laughs> <laughs> We're way more related than our. Absolutely. Than Absolutely. Our... We're further up the sign graph than we originally thought. <laughs> Burmese. Oh, my God. Yeah, or me and, or whatever it is now, Myanmar. I think it's, yeah. it's, it's called now after the military took over. Right. They and got now, some. They got some problems. Oh my God, they got a tremendous amount of problems. Like this woman, she won, I think she, like, didn't she win like a Nobel Peace Prize? And then it's found out she's been systematically killing people. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, I'm not supposed to do that? No, yeah. What did my, uh, my, my coworker who's from Singapore, she calls, um, what is it? There's a book, something about blackface, black uh -huh. heart. It's just, you know, the Asian way of, face is one thing, but what's really happening is another. Of course, that's America too. <laughs> Absolutely. It's all about America. Thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. Oh, and I just, I barely finished the um, interview you did with the comedian. This is fun. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. It is. And I do another podcast too. I do, uh, I have the podcast with my brother. We do. It's called uh, Two Bros Podcast. Is that what the, okay. I was, I mean, this is a compliment, but I was like, that is some sophisticated graphics. So this must not be his personal podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so I scrolled a lot. I'll get to that later. Where's his oh, podcast? No. <laughs> no, that's not. This is me. This is it. I do this. I do this instead of work. I care more about this than work, to be honest with you. Conversations are important. They are important, especially now. We don't have conversations anymore. We have tidbits mm. and hashtags. Worse than before, right? Probably I mean, even worse than before, yeah. Because it's just all opinions and yeah. feelings. Yeah. Why do is it the I don't know, okay, you have to tell me. Is it the what part of you, whether that's the American, the black, or the Burmese part of you, uh, is like enough with the feelings. Shut it up. Like the whole thing. Like I can't like I, I, I can't separate any one of it. You know, I don't you know, I didn't grow up and like the black part got developed and say, OK, well, now let's work on the Asian part. And, and when that gets done, we'll call you American. No, it's, it's like the whole thing. And the whole right. thing is I just I want everybody to shut up. I really do. Regardless hey, of what your opinion is, just shut up. Just shut stop. up and get to get to work. <laughs> get to work. Read a goddamn book. Get to work. Read a book. 
Awesome. Get an A. At least one book. At least <laughs> one. At le- now, here, now, here, now, here's the challenging thing. The, the first book you're going to read is probably going to be a book that's in line with whatever your ideology is. Um, now, here's the challenge. Kit, are you willing to read that other book that says the exact opposite of whatever you are, uh, whatever you feel or that called into question? Uh, I agree. I, I think the assignment of the book should be white fragility. And then, mm-hmm. so you want to talk about race and let's just start out uncomfortable right from the start. That's right. Let's right? get all the, put all the, put all the bad words down on the first chapter. This That's is right. it. Let's, you got to say them all. Right. And if you're not uncomfortable reading the book, you're not learning. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, 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 that's a, somebody told me that, uh, I forget who it was, but somebody said, you know what, if you're, if you're reading something or if you're getting more information and you're agreeing with everything, Hey, you probably don't need to have this conversation. Like the conversation you probably need to have is something that makes you go, huh? Or, you know, or something that sort of gets you to a point to make you say, oh, well, I never, you know, I never thought about that. Or, you know, that's something I didn't, uh, I didn't fully grasp or, you know, but we don't want to do that. Yeah. We don't want to do that. We don't want to be uncomfortable. I mean, this is your podcast, but I'm, I'm so used to asking questions. Do you think you it's because- You do whatever you want. <laughs> do you think it's because- I'm just John. You're the Asian sensation. (laughs) (laughs) But see, here's the deal. You know, uh, first, before that question was like to just get to work. It's honestly the Asian half of me that's like too many feelings to shut up and get to work. I can imagine, yeah. Right? And my white half is like, but how does this impact my life? (laughs) I'm sorry. You feel like the statues are bad for you, but... How does this hurt me? Okay, so now which 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 side which side do you relate to your kids? Oh, the Asian side. Dude, Absolutely. Seriously. It's like Absolutely. I've me. I've seen your daughter. I've seen things you posted of your daughter. Your daughter's a firecracker. Oh, she's good. She's a fire she's gonna be she's either gonna be a cage fighter or like she's gonna do something that makes you go, uh, uh, all right. Yes. <laughs> What my uh, uh, the universe has given me my mother and my father's spirit to raise, wow. and I'm yeah like Coco. Uh, th- there are times I have to catch myself because my daughter will do or act like uh, the characteristics of my mother that I really struggle with, mm. and I have to catch myself because I'm about to just tell her you're acting like your grandmother. Stop it. <laughs> You're yeah, you're acting like my mother. Stop it. And um, and then she's like, but why is that a bad thing? <sighs> okay. Never yeah, mind. So, Just go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Just kill anybody. Pick it all. Buy every single one you want. That's what your grandmother would do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is, is and, your, is, how is your, how is your, um, how much time does your uh, mom spend with, uh, with your kids? You know, um, not much. So, okay. I mean, they li- they live six hours away. And hey, John, is the audio okay with this for you? Oh yeah, I, yeah, oh, fine. Okay. Let me ask the same thing. So I just I forgot to do. Yeah, I forgot to do an audio check with. That's, I forgot you're a professional. <laughs> I thought about that when I when I when you said you do this. I said, oh, that's great. And then I said, oh shit, she does this like she does this for a living. She's gonna like like well, you know, you had an audio hum back in there, and I don't know if your gain was up properly. So. <laughs> 
I'm I'm a small NPR station affiliate. We're not that mm -hmm. picky. We're just happy to be on the air. I can't get I can't get your uh, I can't get your live stream. Oh shit! I can't get your live stream from from Northwest Public. Like every time, like when I go to the website, I've done this several times. Every time I go to the website and I get the show, uh, when I get it, it doesn't stream from Northwest Public Radio. It streams from the local NPR affiliate here. Yeah, because in New York. well, that because New York needs your money more than. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't. I don't know why that is. So the NPR One Stream probably is uh, doing the location on your probably cell phone. Is, yeah, yeah. But it. But you could stream on our website, which is, I guess, kind of old school now. Do you remember beepers? I thought that was cool. I do and remember now, beepers. And now it's like, wow. I remember beepers. I remember dial-up. Oh. Dial-up modems. Remember when you got like you were on the computer and then you got a phone call and then it just <laughs> knocked everything out. Like God damn it, Mom! God damn it. <laughs> I remember all that. Oh my God! And the I had a fear in the beginning of the internet times of accidentally being charged. I had no concept of the credit card thing, so I was uh -huh. very scared. Uh -huh. Very scared. Okay. Anyway, so so mom doesn't spend a whole lot of time because she's she doesn't like to travel as much. I I have a feeling, and I'm sure there's a term for it, John. Where it's like um, as you age, you get a little more fearful, and she doesn't like to travel. Mm -hmm. She won't do she won't do anything without my dad. She and he enables her, which is such a oh, lovely really? marriage. Yes. So he says, "No, you don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> Your dad's not here. I can't do anything." And uh, <laughs> but we call and. Okay. We actually had, I mean, I think you may, maybe you remember when we were working, sometimes I might've talked about my mom. It's like a, it's not an easy relationship, uh, mm. but, but we love each other a lot. And yeah. I've reached out to a lot of people in the Asian community, specifically Korean, because it's like, what the fuck is the deal? What is this thing? <laughs> what is, and how do I work it out? <laughs> God damn. And uh, they're all like, yeah. That's normal. When she says you're fat, that means she loves you. Mm -hmm. When when she says you should have married a dentist, it means she loves you. It means she loves you. <laughs> so yeah. so our last conversation was just a little it was me being a little too American. Cause I said, Mom, I would really like to have a two-way relationship with you where I share things with you and then you share things with me and we treat each other like grown women. Mm -hmm. And that was a bad idea. Oh, yeah. So then pff, it went oh, nuclear. I can't even that. tell you. I can't even tell you what happened. So we've, we're taking a break. Okay. But my Friends daughter, yeah, but my daughter can say or do anything with, with her grandmother. And I just stand by watching the phone going, I can't believe you got away with saying that, that to amazing? my mom. Yes. Isn't that amazing? It's yes. like, it's kind of like, it's, it's, I've heard this from other people, which they when they say, you know what, the relationship that my child has with my parents, I, you know, where was that relationship when I was growing up, so to speak? Like, I didn't know that that was even a possible thing with this evil, with this evil person, you know, yes. and how this person like shows him to be the sweetest, the most considerate and the, the most kind hearted person in the world. It's like, oh, that person was there the whole damn time. Yes. <laughs> but see, the thing is, now that I know this. I'm going to use Coco as a tool. She's going to be bait. I'm going to, yeah. And your daughter is smart enough, she's going to charge you for it. <laughs> she's going to charge. Say, so, hey, remember that time you said uh, grandma was going to help pay for this trip? 
I need a cut of that. Percentage. You know, I, every time you put your daughter up on something, I'm like, this is a firecracker, man. She's gonna, she's gonna, I, she's gonna have her internet um, team so, going. She's gonna. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, just get ready for it, Sue. She already is like, I would like my Instagram page to be a little bit more active. <laughs> Girl, you don't have Instagram. I do. I just put pictures of you on it, and she's like, no, no, we need to do some more photos. Mm. And, the algorithm needs us to be a little bit more frequent. Oh, and I'm like, wow. she's only nine, John. How are your kids? You have, you have a span too. I, I do have a span. I didn't, I didn't know how the hell that happened. I just, it <laughs> didn't. Yeah. The, the I know. First, my two, what my, my two oldest are, well, at the end of the summer, they'll be 29 and 22. Jesus. 20, just, just grown ass folk, you know, Wow. it's like do their own thing. And, then that's it. And then I got this uh, two-year-old now. I'm sorry. It's like, oh, my God. Jesus. Is that this what this was all about? Oh, I, I forgot how shitty this was. Exactly. Did you wake up how many times? No. Did you poop again? God damn it. And he is, and he is, he is all, like, he has all the characteristics of a young boy. Just oh, like he's he's just adventurous. He'll jump on and off of anything. It doesn't really matter. He, he grabs it. You know, he gra he loves grabbing the cat by the tail. And our cat's a little and our cat's a punk. So they'll, he'll just he'll just sit there. Yeah, he won't even scratch back. I'm like, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for him to scratch back. So at least my son will learn. OK, you don't pull the cat's tail. No, we got a punk cat. So oh, wow. so that doesn't even help. Drives his mother crazy. She's like. She's like, oh, you were on there. Do you know what he did? He climbed up on this and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, we're all gonna uh, die. Does she have any experience with, with young boys? No, this is her first. Yeah, so it's shocking from yeah. a female perspective. I'm like, is this normal? <laughs> is this <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> and so I ask other moms of young boys and they're and they just they just sit on the chair and drink their wine and they're like totally normal. Just She's let him given, go. My my wife has given up with uh, uh, expecting any privacy in the bathroom anymore. <laughs> She's just given up on it because he just comes and he just like barges down the door, you know. And before it was no, 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 you don't go in there when mommy was in. Now it's like, come on in, just. I just give up. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Whatever. Same here. My six year old knows a lot about the female body. Because it's, there's just no privacy, yeah. so might as well make it a teaching moment. Might as these well. Are, right, these are mine. These are no longer for you. Quit touching them. It's healthy that you like them. It's healthy to like women's bodies, but you cannot touch unless invited. Yeah. And then, and then, like, what you know? What's that? This is where you came out of. This. This is the gateway to the universe. That's what I told him. Gateway to the universe. Wow. He's going to retort that. I know. Just remember that. Remember that time when he's playing. So, um, Miss Ramella, yeah, your son has been uh, showing all the girls the gateway to their universes. And uh, we'd like him to stop. <laughs> well, we cannot disagree with the analogy. It is inappropriate. It is inappropriate. <laughs> and he's going to have to sign a waiver <laughs> afterwards. 
<laughs> yes. Oh man, I yeah. feel for your wife. No privacy, and yeah. they climb everywhere. And yeah. So, but I I got some good feedback from a neighbor friend of mine. He's a rancher, and I respect him. And he he actually said it was so great to hear from him because he said, "I just want you to know that I really appreciate that you allow your son to be a boy, to be who he is, to just." Yeah do his thing because he, so many people try to suppress that and make them quiet and sit. That's yeah. That's even worse. It ain't going to happen. Yeah. And I, and, and, you know, when you weigh the scales of like, okay, he's, he, he knows his ABCs. He knows how to do numbers. He, yeah. he has some manners, but you know, like overall, I don't need the boy to sit down. I need the boy to be smart and to use his brain and to be physical. So that's that's, yeah. that's one of the problems with uh, the uh, what did I what did I read like how many boys have been were diagnosed with like ADHD? Yeah. And what it basically is that they're just restless kids who don't want to sit down for four hours at a time. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah, we got a couple in the neighborhood, and and they. <laughs> bless their hearts but they're like oh that's just my brother he's on medication and i'm like okay and and you know i'm like so what so is there any extra parenting with the medication <laughs> it's like just pop a pill baby and he's fine no 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 you have to give the boy something to do you have to give him direction yeah. it's like yeah. so it's like oh that pills don't solve all problems <laughs> they don't no not at all it's even when you become an adult they don't solve problems no you just put those problems away Right. Pop that pill, drink that bourbon, and then just deal with that problem tomorrow. Oh, Jesus. America has been popping pills too long, John. Absolutely. We need to get and, rid of some of these pills. And this quiet time. I mean, COVID fucking sucks, but I call it like that quiet when all of a sudden those thoughts that you need to address start coming up. Yeah. And America's having a lot of thoughts. It's having a lot up. of it. Yep. Can't run away from it now. Mm -mm, no. Everybody's got to stay in the house, and nobody's got anywhere to go. So, <laughs> so all you can do is just think about this crap. Yeah, let's have a heart to heart. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, opioids, really? <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh God! Yeah. Oh John! I okay. I know that it's not fun conversations, but the other day, uh, you know, in Facebook land, which is just mm -hmm. a bunch of shit anyway, uh, some um, well-meaning. Uh, white friends of mine were wondering why can't we all just get along mm. and um, you know the, the the typical tropes and that um, I didn't do anything to you etc etc and why you know why is this a problem and then another person chimed up who was like well honestly I didn't know it was a problem too until I had a black kid and it's a problem <laughs> and I was like Boom! Just like, just like opioids. John, you remember opioids? Opioids, uh, drugs yeah. on the streets, crack, whatever. Oh my God! All those black people have a problem. It yeah. wasn't until your daughter, who's white and blonde, got there addicted go. to opioids, and now it's a problem. Now it's a crisis. Yeah. So yeah it's, now it's a crisis. It's like we've been white folk been living in nice bubbles for a long time, and finally, yeah, finally, gotta gotta, gotta, gotta put a couple holes in. Yes. yes. A little couple holes, a little dense. And it's like know. the COVID thing too. It's like the mask. It's like I'm not wearing a goddamn Idaho. You know, I'm in Idaho, so it's like nobody's gonna wear a goddamn mask because of rights. Mm -hmm. And but then their wife got sick, and they're like, "Shit, everybody, <laughs> mask up." <laughs> it's 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 always it's always a battle of extremes. Like I'm 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 one of those I'm one of those. Um, 
I don't want to be told to wear a mask. Okay. I will wear, I will wear, I get into this argument with my wife all the time. She's like, how come you didn't wear your mask? I said, I took the damn mask and I put it on like right before I walked into the place. It just, everybody's just calm down. But I, you know, I'll wear a mask because I, you know, number one, it's, it's, it's the law. And number two, uh, I really don't want people to be harassing me when I, if I'm not going to do it. So, so I do it, but I just, I don't like the idea of being mandated to do it and saying that this is, uh, nobody's, we don't know. Nobody knows anything. No, and that's nobody knows. Weird. And I mean, the the one person will say one thing, and then somebody else will say something the exact opposite, and they're both statistically correct. So you're like, all right, well, maybe this is supposed to happen. Ooh. Maybe this is, you know, maybe this is God saying, "Damn, there's a lot of you motherfuckers over there." Oh my God, have has anybody talked about that for real? <laughs> like like I'm waiting. This is, Look, this is uh, a lot of times everybody's worried about the world. I think the world's going to be fine. It's gonna, it's we who are going to have the the problem. You know, I agree. 100%. The world's going to say, "Yeah, it is. You guys are jacking this stuff up. You're throwing all this plastic all over here and stuff. Oh, let's get rid of a few of you dudes." And yeah, you Mother in, Nature. Keep you guys in the house for six months. Maybe you'll settle some stuff. <laughs> Mother Nature doesn't need us. Uh -huh. <laughs> no, I, I mean this rock. We don't need you. And The Rock has been here for a long time. It's like we won't be here forever. And I don't know. I uh, I think it's interesting. What was that? The Avengers? What's the, the character who snapped his fingers and half uh, the pop? Thanos. Yes, Thanos. Yeah. I had a really um, well-educated political science liberal friend of mine mm -hmm. who uh, is just such a kick to talk to. He's from England, so he has a really great perspective on America. But he was like, honestly... I know liberals are all about hugs and and good feelings, but I think we should just. I was like, "Holy fuck, really?" Have some of you guys just disappear? Just stop. And I'm, what if it's your kid, man? He's like, "Sacrifices have to be Sacrifices. made," and I'm like, "Dude, that's it." That's so yeah, have a bunch of them. Well, and isn't Mother Nature honestly throwing us a softball with this one because of typically who gets sick? And then, you know, if I don't know, <laughs> this is so terrible. But if you're like the strongest and the fittest make it through, it's like it's taking out the giant aging population. And then those who have, um, uh, what do we call it? I'm forgetting the word where you, you know, if you have uh, asthma or diabetes or oh, heart, heart. Yeah. Secondary, secondary, whatever. Yeah, I yeah. Don't right, right. So many so terms now. So then, and that even includes now over oh, here in Washington, uh, the young folk who have some of those secondary issues, uh, they're getting COVID and now they're freaking out. Mm. And, and so, yeah. So who's she's kind of she's not doing like the Ebola thing where, oh yeah, you're fucked. Everybody's fucked. This one is like, uh, I'll I'll pick and choose who I take I'll down. Pick and choose. Well, it's kind of like somebody could somebody told me they compared it to like having a drastic hurricane come through the area oh. and like all the old dead stuff will get wiped away but yeah. the strong stuff with a good foundation that'll still be there yeah. so maybe, but your your area is is a weird area washington uh -huh. it's a weird place because you have i think you have all extremes in washington you have like the other liberal you know, some don't even walk around, you know, shoes are oppressive type thing. And then you have the, what are you doing on my porch type uh, people. Yeah. And so it's, and it's, yeah. Depending on like, if you're going to make a left turn or a right turn, that's what you're going to, that's what you're going to run into. 
so the governor, he was, uh, you know, he mostly stays in Olympia on the west side, mm -hmm. or the upper, the upper left on mm -hmm. the west side, and he made a visit to Yakima because I don't know if you've heard, but Yakima is like the highest rate in the country. Is it really? Because, yeah, because we have so many migrant workers. I mean, let me rephrase. We have so many food and meat packing workers and the Hispanic population has a higher risk than white folk. It, it, it actually trends a little higher too than African-Americans. So, and that's probably because they're afraid to go to the doctor and maybe it's their, their, their status. But for all those reasons, Yakima's population is hit hard, really? so hard. Yeah, that they stayed in phase one while everybody else kept moving ahead. So the governor makes a visit over there and he's like, wear your goddamn masks. Mm -hmm. And then they just flooded them with masks. There's still people who won't wear them. They were they went from 35% wearing masks to 50. So it's getting better. <clears throat> and then, then he hopped over to Pasco, which also has a high Hispanic right. population, and got heckled. heckled. Be people... Yeah, people were like, don't tell me what to do. Wow. And then and then open up the goddamn businesses. And then on the other hand, he goes back to Western Washington and everybody's like protocol, masks, mm -hmm. you know, they don't go out unless they have to. So yeah, it's a big difference. And I I think because we've been doing a lot of the, the news with our station, is is that whole it's my not my backyard kind of thing yet? Like it's the opioid thing. It's like yeah. We're That's rural, yeah. right? We're rural enough that we haven't had high rates until recently, and now people are like, "Oh shit!" Mm. And so we well, saw Yak. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say, but in, in an area like Yakima, you have you have populations of people who are at a certain income level, and they kind of they kind of have to go to work every day. You know, they yes. they, they, they have to go to work. If they don't work, there's you know nobody's gonna do it for them, and those industries are not closing so they kind of like have to go to work so and they probably don't have access to like you said access to decent uh to decent health care or, or like a primary care physician or something like that so that yeah would that would mean that would make sense in a, in a place like yakima i mean we, we have there, there are places like that out here on the east on the east coast just yeah you know places where people have to go to work and a lot of them are you know nurses and, and stuff like that and, you don't go to work you don't get paid yeah. yep yeah, and if they get sick, they still don't get paid. Yeah. This, it, and then yeah, what so is this work, thing? So you go to work sick, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And then, oops, there goes 100 plant workers. And then what did we hear the other day? That, oh, if you can get unemployment, you're making more than if you worked oh, your job. Man. Who screwed that up? Ooh. Who, who yeah. That <laughs> yeah, somebody's, somebody didn't do that thing right. They do the math on that Un one. Unemployment shouldn't be an incentive. Right? And that's that's what they're like. Why why would I endanger myself? I'm making three hundred dollars more by not going to work. At least for how long it lasts, right? Six that's, months? My brother's uh my brother's daughter is uh living it up because you know, she used to you know, she's you know, on break from school, but she would usually do, you know, a couple retail jobs here and there and, and stuff like that. But she's worked enough where she could actually file for unemployment. She filed for unemployment and she's like, I make this is more money than I've ever seen in my life. And she's living it up. And her dad just bought her a car. So that chick is never home. So she's like, Are you kidding me? Uncle, you gotta tell her to save some of that money. I got a weird feeling we all need to start saving our money. Oh yeah. I just think the winter's gonna be a <laughs> winter's coming. <laughs> in July. 
<laughs> it's all gonna close down. Close really soon. That's it. Jesus. And like, honestly, I'm like, okay, okay. I'm not the type of person who wants to stick my head in the ground. I want to like, I want to see, I want to figure out what's coming and I want to be as logical with it as possible. Right. And I don't, you know, so it's like, okay, well, we're all fucked. Fine. So unless I get the COVID, uh, I got to play by these rules. What's the other thing I need to worry about? Do we all have the supplies and medicines we need in case winter comes and it's so bad, right. you should not leave your house. So I've been talking to my husband about what, how do we prepare? It's to the point, John, where we have a little farm. I mean, we're working toward being a, a, a farm that actually makes money, but uh, I'm oh, going to really? be, yeah, I'm going to take a lot of what we've been growing and preserve it. Okay. Just in case. What do you What do you grow? Well, we've been what we grow and sell collards, which is a Ooh. lovely vegetable. Oh, I love me some ah. collards. Oh, I love it. Collards, tom the tomatoes, of course, those are mm -hmm. a big money maker. And then I do some cut flowers. Um, but we were wanting to sell at the farmer's market, but there's a lot of hoops and costs to that. So we just sell directly to a cafe. And I have one florist that I'm working with. Uh, I mean, it's not, not a lot of money to talk about yet because we're just, honestly, we're working full-time and right. farming itself is a full-time. <clears throat> farming itself, yeah, exactly, exactly. One of you yeah. guys would have to be a full-time farmer. Yeah. Who's that so, going to be? Well, <laughs> Ben, my husband, he says he would do it, which is great, but it's like we have to we have to get to a point where we're good enough at it that it could replace his salary, mm -hmm. um, and that's not going to happen for a while. Okay. <laughs> by the pace we're going. I mean, we just now figured out that maybe we shouldn't grow everything. Maybe we should grow a few things. A couple things. Yeah. Well, what, we do you were getting... what do you give to the cafe? You give your, uh, you give your okay, so, tomatoes to the cafe? Yeah, tomatoes, lettuce. It's the typical things, you know, uh, okay. the pea, sweet peas in the beginning. And then the collard she wanted, she was making soups. But I, I think I want to send her some recipes other than throwing them in soup. Mm -hmm. I mean, I... I mean, we should treat collards like kale. We should make it as popular. Yeah. Uh, no, I, see, I hate hearing that because I've oh. been eating collards all my life, and I just heard about kale like four years ago. For like, real? Yeah. Like I didn't know kale was a thing. Kale. It's, and it's gross. Kale salad. <laughs> it is gross. I tried eating it raw, and I was like, oh, my God. This is like they put this under your mouth like before you get captured or something so that you can. Just so your mouth is dry. You're dry, and you'll be chewing it forever. Yeah, uh, the thing about kale, darling, is you have to massage it with oh. olive oil. You massage Ooh. it with olive oil, break down those cell walls, and then it's softer. But it's still fucking kale. Wow. <laughs> it's not. Collars get that sweet taste, especially after a little frost. Mm. I, you know, I'm not massaging kale. So <laughs> it's just not going to happen. I just got images now of just, I'm seeing like a whole factory now of people just. <laughs> Massaging kale with olive oil, and, then, and here's our here's our kale massaging uh, uh, section. We massage our kale for three hours a day, and it's rest. like butter. And it just, yeah, it just comes out like kale. Oh, oh. So there you go. Salad, the lettuces. I'll tell you a little thing. If you have if you have some property, what you make most money off of are the tomatoes and the lettuces, the salads. Okay. Yeah, but that's what kind of what kind of lettuce is it? Just right? Is it? Oh, mix whatever. Yeah, okay. um, arugula, red mm -hmm. leaf, the mm -hmm. butter lettuce, all that stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That's great. So I guess so you're, you're, so you're always having salad at the house. Yes, it's unless we're selling it. <laughs> and I'm like, get that out of your mouth. Mama's going to sell that. We're selling that. We're ordering a pizza. <laughs> you've pretty much you, you've pretty much remained in the same in the same area uh, ever since, like your whole life, right? The same what? The same area. Oh yeah. Well, here was my luck. So I was in Puyallup, Tacoma, mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, area suburb of the Seattle area, and it was great. Well, actually, let me let me take us back a little bit further. I have to tell you this. So I grew up on the Air Force Base, okay. McCord, McCord Air Force Base, and it was idyllic and relatively safe and uh you could ride your bike everywhere there are kids of all colors their parents of all colors so like i was exposed to so many different cultures at a young age and then bam in fourth grade my mother wanted us to go to a high income school area which mm. was L- lily white puyallup and you could count the brown dots during the assemblies and it was just <laughs> it was just gap jeans and white t-shirts there was nothing nothing of flavor they didn't even like no spicing the chicken none of that (laughs) shit (laughs) oh a bunch of white people and bland chicken Mm. and then they even eat chicken or were they all vegetarian (laughs) not yet that didn't yeah that didn't that didn't take hold yet but i do remember growing up you know where we all relatively all of our dads or, or some moms not many were soldiers. So we all had the same income and I wasn't really exposed to like clothing brands and things like that until I went to Puyallup. And then that, that shift was just really difficult for me. Uh, And I really like messed me up a little bit to realize that your worth was based on what you wore. Mm. Um, But I didn't know how to express that to my mom anyway. So moving on uh, high school, it was good. It was good education. And when I went to college here at WSU, you know, I made it through while half at the semester, freshman year, half the students I was with just dropped out. And I think it was because a lot of them just didn't, they weren't taught how to do essays, how to study properly. I mean, there's some right. basic skills, right? So then right. Um, I worked with you at the bookie, had great times. And, and then I got this internship at the radio station mm-hmm. I'm with now. And I think I'm just a, a fucking loyal person. And have been very lucky so i've stayed and you know i moved into different positions and a little bit more money here and there i got my first marriage and divorce over with <laughs> relatively inexpensively <laughs> it's amazing that one that first one doesn't take Whew. It's, it's, um, i find it amazing like when i look back at my first marriage yeah like at the person i am now and i look back at my first marriage and I go, what the fuck was, what the hell did I do that for? Yeah. You know? I mean, I'm blessed because I got two, again, I got two great kids out of it. But at the same time, it's like, wow, I, I actually like let this person like, like be like conjoined with me. Yeah. You know? were, were you young too? I was, I was, when I first, uh, I was 23. Same. 23. That should be a big no-no for our kids. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Not until at least not until at least your thirty. But that for for you that was like right out of right after you graduated then, right? Yeah, it was. It was. And uh, honestly, uh, I I 
I was very religious mm -hmm. and I have nothing against those who are, but I feel like I allowed that to dictate my marriage choice instead of compatibility. Okay. So it, 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 and the ironic thing is he ended up cheating on me, which my dad wow. was like, please send that woman a thank you card. <laughs> just send her flowers. Just, hey, just appreciate yes. it. Yeah, and uh, life nice. honestly was better. It was better. It's so weird to tell people that though sometimes, yeah. you know, because in the middle of the shitty shit shit, here comes this person who's like, no, seriously, give this about six months and you're going to be way better. <laughs> and I was. And then, I mean, my, I mean, honestly, you know that scene in The Wizard of Oz when it's like black and white and then all of a sudden she lands in Oz and it's colorful? And it's color. That's what happened after my divorce was finalized. You hit color. Oh, oh color. There's three dimensions. Mm -hmm. oh. oh, life. Life. And, and I let go of uh, maybe the dogmatic parts of my religion. And so I felt a lot more free to face and look at the grays in life and mm. the color in life instead of just the black and white rules. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, some. We live in the, we live in the grace. We live in the yeah, grace. I said that yeah. in the last, in the last when I was talking to Derek the other day. Says we live in the grace. We try to make it about. Everybody tries to make it about these extreme things, and it's but it's not. We we live in the we live in the grace. We live with question marks. Yes. You know, it's all about question marks. It's all about negotiating and navigating and. And, and not knowing. Yeah, yeah, and not knowing. So, so this is interesting because my big, I'm a big picture person and I've, I've really been feeling lately that as a society, we really need to encourage our children um, and our young people to be more comfortable with being wrong and yeah. being humble and being uncomfortable. I mean, uh, I don't know if I should say that's mostly for geared toward like the majority white population, but it's like uh, we've made things too easy. Well, yeah, and it's not just majority white population too. It's 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 other populations as well. Because I, mm. I I remember just I just remember the difference between when I was a kid and when I, I spent this small stint of uh, coaching youth football, and so I had to deal with a lot of young kids, and whatnot. And we had a we had a strong relationship with the schools in the area. You know, basically, if this kid is acting up, give us a call, or you know, write somebody or send somebody an email and stuff like that, and we'll we'll talk to them and get it straightened out. And I remember as a kid myself, if there was a problem in the school, my mom would come to school and say, okay, what did he do? It changed to now, okay, what did you do to my child? Like, yeah. like the, the, the knee jerk reaction is the kid is right. As opposed to the knee jerk reaction being the kid is wrong. Now either, either can be true, but it, it was sort of like the onus was put on you as a as a as a teacher to be uh, to cater to that child. Mm, you know? I agree. I see so it we too. We don't want our kids to be wrong. We got we got too many. You know, unfortunately, we have too many single parents. We have too many um, too many. Uh, apparently, uh, people are having kids later in life. Yeah. So we're know? tired. Yeah. So you're tired. Yeah. You ain't got time to to argue with your kid. And set stuff down, and, and so you send kids off to guys. I I'd see it here. My wife works for for Hofstra University, and you just you just see a bunch of kids who are number one, they're right, and if you tell them they're wrong, they want another adult to 
make it right for them, oh. so to speak, as opposed to, you know, like you said, hey, do you know how to negotiate? Do you know how to, do you know how to, to, to manage, do you know how to give and take a little bit? Exactly. You know, to, you know can you agree to disagree? Mm-hmm. That type of thing. Nope. Yeah, I agree. And I credit my relationship with my Korean mother for, I think, this outlook I have on life. It's because it, it, her, her rules of engagement are just so nebulous at times. Mm-hmm. And, and my understanding of the Korean culture as a young child was not solidified. Right. Like, I, like, I've actually read fucking books to try to understand my mother's culture as an adult so I could better have a relationship with her. She's not reading books about my culture. <laughs> <laughs> no. Which is part of their culture. Like, the parent doesn't need to do that shit. Yeah, and, parent is and, supposed to learn nothing. Yeah, They're and so done. what my, I'm done. I'm buff. Yeah. And so when she, when I'd be like, no, mom, actually, that's not right. You're doing this wrong. She'd be like, I'm always right. And you just have to deal with it. So I learned from an early age. (laughs) I'm always wrong because I'm the youngest one and she's Uh the parent. She's always right. So I had, I guess it's an authority thing. It's very, it's, it's, yeah. Korean culture is pretty old fashioned like that, but yeah. There's a guy uh, who, um, he lives in Los Angeles. I can't remember his name, but uh, I believe he's Korean as well. And he he runs a bunch of successful um, uh, food trucks. Nice. This guy's a, he's a multimillionaire. And he's got a bunch of successful food trucks. His mother must be so disappointed. His mother is disappointed <laughs> in him and wonders why he can't be like his brother, who's an accountant who makes like 55 grand a year. <laughs> But he's got a steady job. And he said it's it's one of those things where he just has to come to terms with it. This guy's built his own business. This guy's a multimillionaire. He got he works for himself. He could do whatever, you know, he can decide to take the day off today if he wants to. And you know, and, you know, it's you know, mother doesn't understand. Why do you want to cook for a living? You're a cook. You're a cook. Your brother's an accountant. He's important. I could so it. <laughs> I I love this so much because the BBC had an interview with a comic a comic um, illustrator who uh-huh. <laughs> who is Asian, and his parents were so pissed. And he's like, "I'm writing Superman. I am writing <laughs> Superman." And they're like, "You should have become a doctor." And I was like, "Oh my god!" Oh, you, you draw for a living. Yeah, you just color page all day long. What is this? <laughs> You know, contribute society. I sacrifice so much. I come to this country. I sacrifice for you, oh and you write Superman. Yes. Lord knows we can't choose that. We can't choose them. No. And that's the, it's like. But I, I, I'm just gonna speculate here that a majority Asians. I don't know about the Burmese. I'm mm-hmm. hoping. Are are pretty good with taking the humble pill because their parents just freaking yeah. <laughs> shove it. In their I I wouldn't know. I, I mean, I wouldn't know. I never had. I never had the. Like, I didn't explore anything. You know, my mom died when I was kind of when I was kind of young. Oh, so John, I, just, I didn't know. No, no, no. How old? Right. How uh, old were you? Before, before bookie times. Before, I was about twenty-four. Damn. When my mom passed. 
Yeah. I just read, yeah, I, I realized that uh, my brother and I realized that we spent most of our adult life without our, without our parents. Now, I, I mean, your now, dad I, too. Point, no, my dad died. He died a few years later. Oh my God. Yeah. That was a, that was a horrific uh, story because we found out so much crap uh, about him that. Uh, like your he, dad wasn't a hero kind of thing? No, not that, but he was, you know, there was a very, we had a very contentious relationship at the end. You know, like oh. when I, when I, um, when, uh, when my son was being born, uh, the first thing I did was I called him to let him know he's going to be a granddad, you know, and stepmom on the phone said, well, he doesn't want to come to the phone, oh. you know, and there was another time when, uh, when my brother who was getting married at the time sent an invitation to him and he sent the invitation back. Oh saying we, weren't, we wouldn't be attending and stuff like that. So we had that kind of relationship. And when he passed, we come to, come to find out that it was the stepmother who was doing all of this stuff. No way. Yeah. I mean, I believe it, but what was her deal? What did she have her own kids with him or something? She technically was not our stepmother. They'd never married. She changed her name to his name Whoa. because apparently she was involved in some sketchy shit. And uh, he was he was hiding cover for her. We found my brother. My brother found journals uh, of my dad, uh, and he he found a, a part of the journal that says, uh, "I just got an invitation to my son's wedding, but Max won't let me go. So what do I do now?" That type of thing. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. And he ended up he ended up dying of a uh, liver cancer because he became oh. a became a real heavy drinker and uh, just yeah. Oh my God, John! I'm so sorry. So that so that was that was him. You know? But like, what do you what do you and your brother take away from that though, as far as life lessons? Wow, that's a long that's a long thing. I you know I guess like you gotta you gotta be willing like to set your own path, and you can't you can't you can't turn your back on something that's that's really really close to you. Mm. You know, like you can't you can't forget you can't choose anything. You got the whole thing. And so you mm -hmm. got to be willing to take care of the whole thing. And I think that's the thing with my dad. My dad made, he, you know, he made a choice to have support one part of this life as opposed to the other part of this life, which was just as much even more uh, uh, close to him, yeah. you know, and he allowed other things to get in the way. And, and, um, and I think, I think he had issues. I personally think he had issues with depression. I think he had issues with, uh, he lost his, he didn't lose his job. He, um, he got, uh, he was a police officer. Oh. And he hurt himself uh, apprehending a, a suspect. Like he tore up his knee. He had to get like reconstructive surgery on his knee and stuff oh. like that. And he was like three and a half years away from his retirement. And so his department told him, said, look, recuperate. We'll put you on a desk for three years, get your retirement and, you know, start the second part of your life. And that's it. And he didn't want to do that. He, oh. he, he quit which meant he didn't get as much money paid out. He didn't get all of his pension. He didn't get all of his benefits. And, oh, fascinating. So and close. Like so yeah. And he became a really heavy drinker and uh, yeah. And just, you know, every attempt that we made to sort of like uh, get this thing back together was just rebuffed. And we realized it was rebuffed because of, uh, because of our so-called stepmom. Now, do you feel like your mom's death had an impact on that depression? On his? Yeah. And who knows? I don't know. I don't think so. Mm. They, they mm. were never really close. Ah, uh, you know, okay. They were never how really did, close. How did they meet? 
I have no idea. Oh no, he, he was a soldier in uh he was a soldier in Vietnam. He was a security guard. And uh he was stationed in Rangoon, Burma. And she was a and she was a I, I guess um uh, a host as one of the hotels they lived in. Mm. One of her jobs. Like she worked in one of the hotels or whatever. You ever you ever want to look into your Burmese family? There's a couple. I have uh, a cousin who lives. She lives in Australia now. Wow. Who we've actually met. Who's uh who's my mom's uh, niece. Wow. She came out and she met and we met met with her for a bit and uh, and that was really nice. We still keep in touch like through like Facebook and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. We're trying to we're thinking about planning a trip to go to Australia. <gasps> and uh, and we have a cousin. Uh, who's uh, mid forties, and he came out uh, with a bunch of his friends. He's disgustingly rich, and so uh, <laughs> he came out with a bunch of his friends to New York. And so we hung out with him uh, for a night. And he's, uh, you know, he's a, he's like he's a single guy with no kids. He's like a savage. And so, wow. you know, I hit him in New York. He hits here's this Polynesian looking guy, and and throws that accent on. And we're like, oh fuck, well, he's gonna be gone forever. <laughs> Wow. My my mother's side of the family is a bit of a mystery to me too. I yeah. think there was a lot of pain there. So she she kind of cut things she off. Cut and, off. Mm -hmm. you've, you've never you've never been back was your mother from Korea? Yes. And okay. I I visited once without her. I had an exchange student and I took him back. But my, I but I swore to my mother that I wouldn't look up my relatives. So I mm -hmm. was in Korea, but forbidden to look up my relatives. Okay. And, and I get it because there's some cultural issues there. Like, you know, she she, she wants things done a certain way. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't even know if my grandfather's still alive or not. I, wow. I know. Yeah. So, I mean, and it sometimes it, it hurts because I would like to know more about that side of the family's personality traits or I mean health traits or whatever but the stories right. sometimes I feel like we could learn so much from our ancestors stories that's what I think I missed out on just it's yeah, yeah. It's, it's the stories it, it's the understanding of of of, of uh, who you are and where you yeah. come from and that's and, and that that's a part of you yeah like I'm gonna be yeah. curious about when my youngest one grows up you know what uh what um what's the question i have like if he's going to have questions because he's gonna have so he's gonna have you know he's got a dad who's black and asian he's got a mom whose parents are cuban and italian wow so he's a mutt straight up off the bat wonderful you know? and he's like there's no and i'm sure the question's gonna come you know when as he gets older like what are you Gosh, you can know. you imagine what our society would be like if all of our ancestors were just a little more honest about what we are and our experiences? I mean, how many, honestly, how many people are of mixed descendants and they just don't even know? Well, we're all, you know, you give us a few, uh, give us a couple more centuries, we're all, they're all going to look like you and me. I know, that's, and I love all, it. We're all going to, we're all going to be like that, so. Handsome and beautiful. That's it, you know. <laughs> You know, but it, it's oh. never, it's, it's, I, I remember it being a, a big deal when I was a kid, like to see like a black and white couple or to see an Asian and a white couple, like that was a, that was a big deal, you know, and people would say things under their breath and, and stuff like that. And, and mm -hmm. some people would say horrible things and stuff. And I just, I, I remember not understanding why, like why the, why are we making fun of, of that? 
I just never understood that. And I never understood the Jew thing. Like, why oh, don't, I don't either. Why don't we like Jewish people? Like, why do they're we say, so, oh, well, he's a, well, he's a Jew? Like, they're so good with mean? money. And I never understood how, do you, how can you tell that a person's Jewish? Right? Like, some people would just look at him and say, well, he's probably a Jew. How did you? How does that? Are you? Are you a Jew or just? In? Right. Are you a Jew or just from Jersey? What are you? Yeah. What are you? Uh, my mother was so. Oh, the Jews. They're good with money. Marry a Jew. <laughs> that Asian Jew combination. I tell you. Asian Jew combination. Yeah, yeah. that's a that's an entrepreneurial kid waiting to have. I tell uh, I tell my wife that uh, I say yeah I'm mixed but I got like the wrong combination, like I got. <laughs> Like I got my, I got my black dad's propensity for math, and I, <laughs> and I got my Asian mother's uh, athleticism. So. <laughs> I love this stuff, man. I feel I honestly feel bad sometimes for my husband because I could throw out some stereotypes like you won't believe, uh -huh. and he and he can't. But I'm like, girl, Coco. <laughs> What is this grade on your math report? You still have 25% Asian in you. I expect more. <laughs> still a little bit left. Oh. <laughs> I love when, um, do you remember when, uh, when Andrew Yang was running for president? Yes. And, he, and I love that he just said, said, this is what we need. We need an Asian guy in the office who's good with math. Yes. <laughs> Embrace. Embrace, Embrace it. it. Embrace it. I think he, I think he made a hat. Is it like make math great again or something like that? Or oh god, even better. Yeah. No kidding. Can you imagine how disappointed his parents must be? Probably. He runs for president. <laughs> I can't remember if he's Chinese. I think I don't know if he's Chinese or Japanese. I think he's Chinese. Chinese. Yang, I guess he's Chinese, right? Yeah. Oh man. But you know, uh, the Asians are super racist against each other. I mean, like when we think of Asians, we just clump them all together. Well, I just how do you? How, like, can you do you can you tell the difference between just by yes. appearance between somebody who's from Japan or somebody who's from China or or somebody who's Vietnamese and or, I wow. can uh, um, uh, I'm sure this will probably come back to haunt me, but I I have a harder time with the jungle Asians than okay. I do with the Eastern the Asians. Jungle Asians. <laughs> the warm climate Asians. Oh my God. The, the the Asians with the better food and coconut. Yeah. Why aren't you, uh, why aren't you comedian? Why aren't you? <laughs> Um, I I can I can tell by this the the language because I can okay. hear the difference. I can tell a little bit by facial features um, and mannerisms and the dress that they choose. Even if they're dressing in a Western style, the way that they pick their Western clothes. Really? Uh, yeah. So, for example, uh, Koreans uh, usually um, sound like they're shouting at each other, but they really aren't loving each other. <laughs> <laughs> and, right? Oh my and, God, I um, love you! Yeah! And it's like, ah, Koreans. And uh, they they do the Burberry, but they do it tastefully. Like the Burberry and um, what else? And then they'll mix it in with like a Nike or a Puma or whatever hot athletic brand is there. And, um, and if they're of a certain age, they have the tight curled black perm. And then wow. they walk with their hands behind their backs and they kind of shuffle. Okay, so that's a, wow. of a certain Yes. And then the Chinese, it, uh, the clothing is all over the goddamn place. It's like <laughs> fresh off the boat, mixed all the patterns. Um, 
socks with sandals and then the the talking is just a little more nasally and uh, a lot of more sh a lot of more shishu shishu sounds so that's that and then the japanese are my mother and other Koreans may really take offense, uh, refined. So they just, they have more, um, what's the word that everybody's into these days? Be in the moment, thoughtful, <clears throat> uh, very, very precise way of okay. doing things. And that's why what they create is just well done, okay. beautiful and whatnot. So, so there's that, like when you watch them cook, mm -hmm. very, very precise, precise and uh, the way that they dress is just, it's either like super hip or uh, standard, but clean, crisp. And then their language, I think we all hear it a little bit more because the anime and whatnot is, uh, I, I think it's softer than Korean. Anyway, so that's that's how I how I can tell the difference, but I get a little bit more, um, it's harder for me to differentiate the Lao from the from the Thai and the Vietnamese. I can do a okay. little bit more Vietnamese because that's the the ladies who do my nails are Vietnamese. And, Vietnamese. Uh, yeah, oh. and I can hear yeah, and I can hear their languages. That's an interesting story by the way. Do you know how Vietnamese became, became so many nail salon owners? Tell me. There's a, there's a white woman who was I don't know a wife of a senator or something, and she was she had a Vietnamese friend, and uh, they were talking about just raising up their culture, and she had another connection with beauty salons, and she was like, well, what if you guys got trained to do this? So it was actually this white lady's idea, and the Vietnamese just went for it, and then they started sending all of their relatives and friends through like beautician school i think in california next thing you know california is just like owned by vietnamese salon wow. nail salon peeps and they were so talented at it i think this woman was just very artistic mm -hmm. and so the, the white lady was like you got to do this for all my friends and then boom and so that's how side story now asians super <laughs> race asians super racist against each other sometimes yeah against each other mm, uh and i'm feel like I'm throwing my mother under the bus, but from my observations of the way my mother addresses certain people mm. and talks about them, uh, everybody hates the Japanese because World War II, um, and they have a hard time apologizing the way that everybody wants them to apologize. Oh. So, the, so the Chinese and Koreans have an issue with the Japanese. The Koreans think the Chinese are just money-grubbing and uh, dirty, and I think that that stereotype comes from there's just so many of them and then they had this so thing where they were dirty yeah they're pooping and peeing in the street yeah all the same time. can't be clean like koreans clean. right and then the chinese view the koreans is just fucking annoying <laughs> you know it's so funny because like these i mean people have these feelings you know, yeah and it's such a in such a generalized feeling but then when you say it when you say it out loud, it sounds utterly fucking stupid. It's so stupid. <laughs> like, how could you even like think? Even how could you think that about a person? Nonetheless, a whole a whole entire race of people. They don't think it about individuals, okay. right? It's that whole "I have a black friend" thing. Except uh -huh. in Asia, I have a Japanese friend, and she's Japanese not friend. like that. No, yeah. She's it's when they paint the whole society with that brush, because I think, John, it goes back to, it's just easier for the human mind to make things black and white. Yeah. And just this one characteristic is just given to a whole society of people, but individually, yeah. they're not that bad. 
Well, it's easy to compartmentalize people, you know, it's, yeah. it's, you know, that's, that's, you know, you get that, that you know, yeah. talk about the whole, um, you know, what are you thing? So right. Like, what are you so that I can figure out what box to put you in? So now I can, yeah. you know, how do I talk to you the same way? Do I give you kale or do I give you collard greens? Do I give you, <laughs> you know, do I? But I love this game. What are you? My favorite part is seeing the look on their faces when you're just, you, you, they can't categorize you. Yeah. Because you got, like, your son is not going to be easily categorized. Well, he's going to get the fights about it. Yeah. And he's you know what else? Fights about it. It's, it's going like, to be amazing. It's going to be like, hey, <laughs> I got enough mafia in me, right? You need to back the fuck off. And then if you don't, I got enough black in me and I could take down your ass. Yeah, like, let's just it's take gonna, all these things. He can tell all the jokes. I'm just waiting. Yes, he can. He can tell them all. And he won't be canceled out well, by cancel can't, culture. Can't. Can't My brother cancel. and I are thinking about uh, just uh, just saying that we're Asian. Do it. Just like, you know, just so when we go, so if we go out to a bar and, and stuff like that, somebody like says a, uh, an Asian joke. Well, hey, 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 I'm Asian. Hey, relax, relax there with the uh, Asian jokes, there, buddy. Yep. So do it. Asian? Yes. Please do yes. it. Yes, and it would be totally legit. We tried no, to, no. A, a guy that my brother uh, works with tried to like uh, peg him and say, okay, so what do we like? What do we call you now? Are you like? Are you black? Are you African American? Asian. My brother said, Mister. That's what it is. Yeah. It's Mister. It's Mr. Whitfield. What do you what, what what do we call you people? Mr. Mr. Boss. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing how we don't we don't we don't want to do the basic stuff. We don't want to do the basic. Excuse me, please. Thank you. You know, pardon me, sir. Pardon me, ma'am. Pardon me. Just just do that until you're instructed to do otherwise. Yes. Uh, again, it goes back to big picture. Uh, Mother Nature doesn't give a fuck about humans. Yeah. Our kids need to be children and they will be crazy. And then the other basics is literal basics, manners. Yeah. Let's have some fucking manners. <laughs> let's have some manners and let's all relax. Right. Let's and when somebody, somebody like affronts you or whatever and you're trying to be polite and then they return it with just bullshittery, just be like, wow, I've been insulted by better people than you. Have a mm -hmm. nice day, sir. And then move on. Yeah. Just, anyway. Manners. Yeah, sometimes you gotta, you gotta learn how to put a chokehold on somebody. I agree. I Boundaries. What did I hear the other day that if you allow bad behavior, then it, you accept it? Well, yeah, to an extent, you know, but you gotta, you know, depends on the environment that you're in. Like a person mm. who's who's rude to you at the coffee shop who you've never seen before. Well, that you know, fuck them. I mean, you're probably never gonna never gonna see that person again. Mm. But if you're, you know, if your neighbor continuously has horrific shit to say about you when your kids are outside playing, then that's, you know, you got to address it. Yeah. And that's going to be hard, but you got to do it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Ah, so where... Coming in and fucking up your, uh, <laughs> up your shrubs and your plants. Oh, God. So. Oh. Are we talking about marijuana now? No, I'm talking about... <laughs> what, you grow marijuana? I was talking about... I, I lose my words. I was... I said shrubs, and I meant your vegetables. Oh, because I was like, oh, well, I could get in on some shrubbery. <laughs> can you, can you, is marijuana legal in Washington? 
Okay, Washington, yes, but we're right in Idaho, right on the border. Okay. So we're, we, we, yeah, so Idaho, no, Idaho's late to the game about everything. Everything? Everything. I mean, this climate in most of Idaho would be so great for hemp, mm-hmm. cannabis, whatever. But I think Idaho should go the hemp route and start. we should start making our own fucking fabrics here. Everybody should be making hemp. Hemp is, it, first of all, we got to get this notion that hemp is not marijuana. So it's, Amen. Not, it's not the same goddamn thing. So You know what Idaho did the other day? I mean, the other day, this happened a, a year or two ago, was like a guy from Oregon in a truck. He was just a trucker mm-hmm. hauling hemp up to Colorado for processing. Mm-hmm. Idaho State Patrol pulled him over, jailed him. He was in jail for months because, because they were trying to prove that the hemp had just enough percentage of THC, like some stupid like 0.3% that it was illegal. And, And everybody was like, Idaho, quit it. Jesus Christ, you're number 49 and yeah. So, so was, there, was this guy is this guy working for himself or did he work for a, a, a company or I don't think he was with a company I, I okay. mean I'm not sure we'll have to look it up but I, it, they made it very clear that he was a trucker and mm-hmm. that um, other organizations were coming to his aid he finally got released because somebody was just able to use science with Idaho right. and and then Idaho had many in the legislature they had many debates about hemp. And it was still full of the same fucking fear. Idaho's just a little late. We're just behind a lot of stuff. Good God. Yeah. You so, know. no, not growing my own marijuana because I, I care too much about my property. But right. I have thought about renting over in Washington. But my husband thinks it's still too risky to, to get into that business. I am not afraid of risk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, let's try this shit. So anyway, yeah. Did you know I didn't try marijuana until I was 30? Really? Uh, you and yep. I are the same boat. I didn't. I didn't try marijuana until until I until I met my wife. Hey. And until was, she's a, so she, she was a big she was, smoker. Yeah. She was the pusher. Yeah. She's like, hey baby, come here, smoke she this. She was. She was. And gave me some like, good stuff. Lost my fucking mind that first night. Wow. Was it fun though? It was fun. Did you feel one with the universe kind of lost your mind or just I didn't feel one with the universe. I felt that everybody knew that I had smoked weed for the first time. (laughs) You were paranoid. That's what it, yeah. That's, I was, the whole time I was just. You're such a good, good boy. The D.A.R.E. program really worked on you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I knew it. Everybody, like I knew. And I, and I, it was one of those things where I acted like. I I was acting like I wasn't bothered by marijuana. Whoa. And so I was like acting like everything was fine, like kind of like overdoing it. You know, so I was like, oh, it's no, it's, it's everything's perfect. Yeah, I feel a little bit, but it's, I'm I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm fine. I had one of those friends. No, it it doesn't have an effect on me. You are Hi. <laughs> I'm not that high. So you are baked, bro. You are baked. You are done. You yeah. are done. No, I'm a fan of the sauce. I still, I, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't smoke. I, I, I do. Um, COVID has gotten me back into uh, cigars. I love, uh, I love grabbing oh. a uh, cigar. But uh, yeah, I'm a fan of the sauce. I, I find that. And- 
That's it. That's handsome. That's classic to me. I mean, I know oh. they're they're drugs. Okay, fine. But I just I love a man with a with a cup of bourbon and a cigar. It is classy. It is a classy thing. Right? Maybe I'm not as classy. Maybe I need to dress up when I do it. <laughs> but doobies are not so classy. No, they're not. That's not classy. They're not. And if and no. if you're smoking and choking the whole time, <laughs> you know, maybe 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 calm down a bit. But now they got these freaking, they got the pens. Yeah. And, they got, and I hate that more than anything else. I because it. it's too much? No, because it's kind of faggoty. It's kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that word in it's ages. <laughs> and I'm in Idaho. <laughs> what the fuck? Faggoty? It's just a little like if you're gonna smoke, smoke. If you're gonna, ah. you know, it's one of like everybody's, like in New York. Everybody's everybody's got their you know lemon sugar and cinnamon scented <laughs> thing and and stuff and lemon you sugar. Know. Pop a candy, eat a heart candy. Well, yeah, I'm like, just just smoke. What do you you know? They step outside, and then they're in meetings. But you know, because technically you can't smoke inside. But they didn't say right. anything about vaping. So in a meeting, and, and they gotta let you know that they're you know. They With wait. a big plume of vape smoke. Yeah, big plume of vape smoke. And they wait until uh, it's your turn to speak. So, well, uh, John, have you had a chance to take a look at that? Well, yes, I did. And so, it, it was, that is so true. It's like just, a just smoke. Just smoke. It's like Nobody trying to cares. be cool. Yeah, it is. Let me show you how cool I am. With I my Electra, yeah. And I can plug it in. And I can. <laughs> and if the world comes to an end, I'm kind of out. <laughs> I, my girlfriend had one of those vape pens with, with, with MJ, with marijuana, <clears throat> the blessed, blessed weed. And I went to visit her. We, and, you know, um, I, this is interesting because the, I guess my mother's, my mother's personality came into me because my mom and her friends would hang out until the daddies came home and then everybody left. It was like okay. the minute the man came home, yeah, then you leave. So okay. I, she's like, try this, and I took it like it was a like it was a regular joint. I didn't uh -huh. realize that you don't deeply inhale this shit. I took a drag, and I was out. <laughs> and within seconds, I was like, I made a mistake. And she's like, oh my God, hon, you should not have had that. I should have told you, have a seat on my, so I sat on her couch, she gave me water and we were laughing 30 minutes in, right? Her husband comes home and I'm like, oh my God, I gotta go home now. She's like, no, relax, he's cool. And I'm like, no, there's something inside me saying I need to leave. <laughs> and the good thing is that my our kids weren't with us. Uh -huh. um, but I drove the back roads home, and that's the beauty about rural Idaho. I drove the back roads home so fucking slow. Did you? Oh my <laughs> and I made it home. I just was, it was just bad. I didn't like it. I didn't like, it was too much too soon. And I got home and I told Ben, my husband, what happened. And he, he's like, you're such a novice. <laughs> I just started smoking this shit like 10 years ago. <laughs> All this new technology. Yeah, technology and, and smoking and getting high. It's like everybody's dying from it. <gasps> dying from it, you know? So it's With like, the, you mean like the lung thing that was happening to people before COVID? Well, yeah, but that was that was because they got like bootleg shit. So oh, I know. Was, yeah, it wasn't. Like, in China. It was yeah, China. Exactly. 
God damn it. Just they're like, fuck, they, they kind of recovered from that bad vaping stuff. We gotta give them some more shit. What's that stuff yeah. we're working on in that lab? Is that, <laughs> is that ready? Let's test it on our own people first. We have so That's many. Fair. That's right. <laughs> and the ones oh, who say it's bullshit, we'll just kill them too. Oh, China. Pile up all the dead bodies. So my mother was always like, look, if you're going to go to the Asian store, make sure you look and buy products from the, from the, from Korea or Japan or the, you know, try to avoid China products, which is uh, impossible now. So like I bought red pepper for, for kimchi, right? Uh And there was this huge bag for $5 and the small bag for like 10. And of course it's a small bag that's from Korea. So because of, you know, Korean spirit, I, uh-huh. I forked out the more money. And then my mother was telling me that, um, you know, th- there's, there's, it, it, this wasn't a racist thing at all. She was legit. Like there's an issue with quality control in China. Like they don't mm-hmm. have the same stringent quality control we do right. in America. Right. Right? right. Yeah. So that's why there was soy sauce made with human hair. Ooh. And that's why there was what? a plastic. Yes. Shit, yeah. They had, this was like maybe 10 years ago, they had this issue where the soy sauce they were selling, which was super cheap and they're flooding the market with, was like people went, holy shit, this is made with hair aminos. So they would go to the barber shops, fucking take the hair and make it into soy sauce. Holy shit. You got to look that shit up. And then, I mean, it's not the whole, not all the factories, but you know, enough that China was like, you need to, you need to stop that. You're making it worse for everybody. And then uh, there was the milk issue where they were, this one big dairy was trying to save costs. So they put some plastic shit in the milk to fill it up and make it look pretty and white and children would get sick. Oh, so they have an issue. China too? No, well, no, not us right now oh, that okay. I know of. But just, you know, it, it's like you have to know who your factory is, who's managing that factory and the quality control because the Chinese government isn't doing, they're not inspecting like yeah. like we try to inspect. Right. I mean, and, and we barely try to. We barely, we barely try to inspect it. That's saying a lot. Right. Like here, if a company does something wrong, people stop buying their shit. Yeah. Right. We're like boycott craft. But like right. that, that, that doesn't necessarily happen in China. So we just have a different culture about it all. So anyway, yes, China products. Got to be careful a little bit. I never heard of that. Soy sauce made yeah. of human hair. Human hair. Yeah. I mean, think about it. That's a super fucking cheap thing to do. He doesn't have to pay for the hair. Jesus and then he Christ. makes soy sauce. Yeah. And then I was oh, thinking, what shit. else can you make soy sauce out of? <laughs> The the Asian side of me is like, what other garbage can we convert into? Holy shit, I've never heard that. I've never heard that. Yeah, look that up. I I stand by that 100%. And then, like, what what else? Oh, and then this whole COVID thing to me, speaking of going Mm -hmm. back to basics, big picture is let's, let's do two things. Bring back factories to the United States. Yes pay our people a fair wage and, and teach the American populace. You have to pay what it's worth. Yeah. That, that, that isn't, that isn't a dollar that costs yeah. $5. Right. That's, to me, that's going to be the hardest thing. Yeah. To me, that's going to be the hardest thing because once you start, once you start doing all of that, the end result is, is that, you know, that, that salad that you got at the restaurant, which was usually eight bucks is now going to be like eleven fifty. 
you know, and so you're going to have to, yeah, you're going to have to fork up a few more, few more dollars for it. For the spe for a special, so so I know that that'll be an interesting thing on how it affects our country. And John, there was something else I read, and I I don't, so I'm paraphrasing, but it was it was on Reddit. So take it with a grain of salt. But someone proposed this idea that the the whole thing about our consumer society is it relies on a 40-hour work week, so that you are so tired by the end of the day, you pay for convenience everything. As opposed to yeah, as opposed right? to quality. Right. And so so it just feeds itself. And then and then as our productive output is more because mm -hmm. than it used to be computers, et cetera, we still haven't changed our mindset on, well, we really don't need to be at work eight hours a day. Yeah. And then this whole COVID thing has then cracked this open where people are like, holy shit, I really like getting whatever job I have to get done done and then mm -hmm. spending the next five hours living and exploring life the way I wish we could yeah. before COVID. That might yeah. change our whole consumer society as well. These next, these next couple of years are going to be very interesting because it's, yeah. it's you, you know, out of necessity, we've introduced a new way of doing things. And like you just said, a lot of people are going, Hey, this isn't, you know, this isn't all that bad. I can get this shit. There's no reason why I have to go here to do this. I could do that here and then go do, you know, whatever I want, like you said, spend, you know, me time or whatever, or do whatever it is that you want to do. And you don't have to, the end of the day, doesn't mean that, okay, well, I have to get convenient shit. I can, you know, maybe spend time doing it myself. You know? Like people yeah. making their own sourdough bread now. Yeah, people can, <laughs> You can make shit now. I made pretzels the other day. See? I made pretzels I... the other day. I was like, oh my God, this is so easy. And it tasted like pretzels. Oh my God, with the baking soda bath? Did yes. you do that? Did the baking soda bath and everything? That's science, it baby. Turned, turned, yeah, I know it's science. I can't, I had to like measure shit, which is hard for me to do. I'm like a throw it in the pot type person. Add some salt. <laughs> How much salt? Just <laughs> to taste. <laughs> That's right. Damn it. Whose taste? Your taste, my taste, my taste. I'm cooking. <laughs> I was a friend on Twitter said that to all you type A personalities who pre-measure your things in little cups and chop things up before you start cooking, you may be onto something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, man, when you bake and when you use dough, you gotta like measure. Like if if it says three quarters cup of flour, it's three quarters cup of flour. Not not, not like not a little bit more than a cup. Mm -mm. And uh, you know what though? John, I have boundaries though. My boundary is I ain't weighing it. You know, some of like, like the people who go by ounces wow. and shit. I'm not weighing it. I don't have a scale, so I can't weigh anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not weighing anything. I'm weighing it like this. Is this heavy enough? Yes. Put yeah. It yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> what else do you think is going to happen in the future? Tell me your prediction. The future. Yes. The future. Uh, well, let's see. The uh, the aliens aren't going to come down. Yeah. Are you sure? Okay. No, they're not. They're checking this out, and they're like, "You guys are fucking nuts." Are you guys doing? <laughs> Jesus, let's get the hell out of here. Well, <laughs> I was trying to put together this uh, this picture of uh, of an alien coming into New York Harbor at the time of quarantine when everybody was like locked inside, and so this alien came in and he was basically saying, "Hey, we traveled, you know, forty billion miles." Uh, to share our uh, secrets of technology with you. Hello? <laughs> Hello? 
<laughs> He's not wearing a mask. Exactly. Wait, wait, wait. Was the alien black? Did they call the cops on him? That'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. He's just standing there looking no. at birds. Let's do let's do that when Jesus Christ returns. Oh my god, yes. Like somebody calls the cops on him. You just made a viral comic strip. Jesus Christ is walking down the street, minding his own goddamn business. Right. <laughs> what it calls the cops. That's right. A little backyard Becky just calls. He's <laughs> a strange guy in a robe talking about <laughs> salvation and shit like that. Just... I don't know what he's doing, but he's black and he's in my neighborhood. <laughs> well, if he, if he, if Jesus ever did come back, what would we do then? Oh, we would, I mean, everybody, everybody swears. We'd have a, we'd have a meeting, a come yeah. to Jesus meeting. <laughs> yeah, we'd have a meeting. If Jesus, if Jesus knocked on my door right now, I, I, okay, honestly, I'm going to imagine this through. I would get, I'd get on my knees and I would bow. <laughs> like, wow. Lord, thank you for coming because I believe, I believe in Jesus. I don't believe in, I have to follow all the Christianity edicts and bullshittery and politics and stuff like that. But if Jesus showed up, I, I would bow. Why and Jesus? I, I, I would hope to God that I could feel it. Maybe he mm. would introduce himself. You know, I, I mean, I'm hoping he, you would feel it. I don't know. Good question. But uh, but I would submit myself to, to his glory and love. And then um, maybe he would he would do the thing that he did in the Bible, which is like stand up, yeah. you know, please. Ugh, it's just too much. And then he'd be like, you got any snacks? Because he's Jewish. Look in my cabinets. Is this anything in here kosher? Oh, oh God. You raise oh, pigs? Oh, my God. Yeah, and so I'd, I'd make him meals. Yeah. What are these, Cheetos? I know. Jesus, you're going to love these. These are called barbecue Frito twists. They're the best. <laughs> They're the best. Yeah. Then, oh, uh, yeah. But yeah, no, seriously, if Jesus showed up, I mean, like, who, what television show would he be on first? Oprah? She's retired. No, no, he wouldn't do Oprah. He'd do one of those, uh, those shitty late night ones. Are you hopefully, sure? Well, hopefully he doesn't go on The View. What if he was super progressive and he went on just a YouTube channel? Like, who's famous on YouTube right yes. now? He'd do the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> he <laughs> Joe Rogan. <laughs> our next guest died for all of our sins. So tell me, Jesus, what kind of diet are you on? You got you, you have a pretty nice bod. Yeah, I do keto. <laughs> I do keto, and then I do uh, full body workouts like four times a week. <laughs> yeah, I don't stress myself out. I'm more than like 30 minutes. I feel you. I feel you. Joe Rogan. Interviews Jesus. He'd smoke weed, too. I would have to think he'd have to. It's, oh, you got some of that? Some of you guys got a big problem with that shit. Yeah, I know. Like, I made this for a reason, you That's right. Dweebs. That's how we yeah. got Moses doing his thing. Jesus, Jesus, what would you do if you were here? I think he'd be disappointed in our lack of loving on each other. You know what? First of all, we'd get reprimanded for Christmas. Oh. He would say, hey, uh, I ne we never said do all of this. Whose idea was this tree? What the, the why? Why is oh this? Oh, my God. The consumerism. 
divine presence for Jesus and go. blah blah blah. Right. Oh my God, he would. He'd it's be wondering on. why are there so many, so many parentless children, so many elderly who are lonely, mm -hmm. so many hungry people. Yeah. Basics. Yeah. 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 Taking care of the basics. Maybe that's what COVID's for. Maybe COVID is Jesus. Whoa. Whoa. Dude. COVID is Jesus in virus form. Oh my goodness. Because it, it takes it takes you back. Right. It takes you it's to your knees. Nice. Okay. Yeah. You guys done with this transgender shit now? Can we get uh, <laughs> can we get back to basics? Can we get back to how this stuff worked? <sighs> It's like, I don't care what they wear or what bathroom they use. Did they feed me when I was hungry? Did they clothe me when I was naked? <laughs> yeah, well, how, do, how, how do you maintain your sanity in your job? Because you, you're, 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 technically, you're technically a news, you're, you're technically a journalist. Okay, it was and really so, bad. And so you're, you're bound by a certain, you're bound by a certain ethic in, your, in that. But you have to, across your table, has to come a certain amount of bullshit. Mm. that you have to say, hey, this is bullshit. Yeah. But I still well, want to read it? Okay. So I I consider myself lucky because NPR tries, I think it's best to maintain that line mm -hmm. of, of being fair and honest. But there are times when um, even I'm like, well, the way that they're, the way that we're introducing a person, it, it, it is leaning on a, and it's yeah. biased. So I'll, I'll actually change copy. There are times though that I, I have to suppress my own, feelings uh and um you really do pay attention to the tone of your voice because your listeners are they're very intimate with you they they can tell when you're having a bad day and when you like something or not so i it, so there's a little bit of acting involved to try to maintain that level of um non-biased reporting right. right and then when things are neutral i have as much fun with it as possible because i want them to know i'm human and i'm listening to and when things are fucking sad i also let them know that 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 was really heavy because mm. because while on a political level we want to maintain that that unbiasedness on an emotional level there's just some hard stuff yeah. and man the hardest part honestly i for myself and one of my coworkers who does the news as well was when was when migrant children were being put into detainment centers. Mm. And, and just, um, I say I get emotional about it now, and I think it's because I'm a mother. I think, like, like we were yeah. talking about earlier, it's like when you have a personal experience with, with a thing, you, you, you feel more with it. And I was just imagining what would prompt me to send my child alone walking thousands of miles into Canada because it's so bad here at home yeah. that I that I would tell them to go into the unknown by themselves and and it must be so horrific for me to do that so <clears throat> I just felt this with the stories and then the and then the way we were we were treating them mm -hmm. uh, uh, and you know this country that bases itself on puritan christianity it, it, it is is not and uh, I understand the politics and I understand the fear, but right. I feel like America can do better. And it really works. So, yeah. So that, that got me actually so depressed that I had to take just, you know, I had to take a week or two off. Yeah. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I had to build up, uh, what is it, compartmentalize. Mm. And, and, and I've embraced 
compartmentalization in your brain as usually we make fun of men for doing that but i think it's a great coping skill because you just kind of put it over here for a while yeah right and then you come yeah. back to it you got to come back to it and unpack it well you got to come back to it That's oh yeah That's you got to men have men, men don't go back to it you got <laughs> yeah. to go back to those suitcases and unpack them yeah. and uh, for for that particular subject i i actually personally donated money because I because I that's how I felt like I could help so I donated okay. money to some lawyers and then I felt um, I could unpack that suitcase and then like with all these other things uh, it's it's just watching behind the scenes with the news seeing uh, how much the media gets hyper focused on one subject and how that's a disservice to our people mm -hmm. so locally i tried to bring other subjects up to try to offset that but also just getting frustrated with my industry we we love trump i mean you oh, it's you, numbers yeah it's like numbers. you if you if you really don't like something you don't pay it attention yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we we love trump so much and even npr the, the, yeah. just the number of trump related stories is exhaustive <clears throat> And so there comes a point where I'm just like, uh, you know what? Maybe the, this is the president the country deserves. Maybe this is a wake-up call. Whatever it is, oh, I'm just going to, right? That's you just got to go with it. That's a tremendous way to put it. I, you know, you said something that was very alarming when you just said, I, I don't hear a lot of journalists use the word disservice a lot anymore. And I just, I just, I don't, I don't know who to rely on for news, you know? I mean, I thought, I, I thought, the New York Times was good. And then they've like in the last three or four years, they've just gone down this continuously gone down this rabbit hole that just says, no, you, you're not even telling the truth. And you're not oh. even, you're not even, you're not even um, um, uh, fact checking your own stuff. Right. You know? I mean, it, it's, it's come out and it's, it's almost like the facts be damned. You know, you'll see it like, oh. you know, three days later. Oh, by the way, you know, in this column we wrote that was headline stories, we kind of like messed a couple things up. So here are the corrections in this small page, page nine, you know, just uh, my, our yeah. bad, sorry. <clears throat> Excuse me, it's true. And this is what I tell all of my friends. Uh, there are humans working in media. Humans make mistakes, humans have emotions, and humans have agendas. Uh, unless you're aligned with an organization that really, really tries to stick with their guidelines of being unbiased, uh, if they're making a lot of money off of stories, then, then you take that new source for what it is, and then you supplement it by going to other sites. And somewhere, right, somewhere in the middle, it's work though, John. I mean, yeah. my dad is not going to take 20 minutes out of his day to read a New York Times article, go to Fox News, and then go to Reddit, and then yeah. go to, you yeah. know, he ain't going to do that shit. <laughs> exactly and right. Nobody, when they listen to the latest scientific research, nobody goes to the journal and actually reads the scientific report. You're absolutely right, yep. Because, but that's what I feel like we should start training more people to do, which is um, uh, instead of lay, uh, instead of boutique news, which is like I curated all this news for you, mm -hmm. you actually have to want to find the truth, and you got to know it's going to take some time. Yeah, it's yeah. going to take some time, and it's it's you're going to be there's going to be an onslaught. There's going to be an onslaught of of clickbait stuff that will get you to you know that will distract you. you know, it's true. Know. And the other thing is, our 
hands are on so much stuff. Oh, so it's too much. Just comes is that there's no way, there's no way you can view view that with any form of credibility. Correct, and that's the other thing too is. Uh, who is this person reporting it and what do they have to gain by it? So that, so then you could, that's a filter, right? Um, and then who, who's making money off of this? Are they, do they just want my eyeballs for the clicks? So there's all that. My biggest thing is if a headline or a story makes you incredibly emotional, like mostly angry, mm -hmm. that that has been written on purpose to, to, to get that emotion out of you in order to get money. Yeah. So most news stories should be pretty cut and paste, black and white, not black a whole white, lot of, you know, yes, bland. Yeah. And then you have to go yeah. in deeper. If it makes you pissed off, somebody is purposely pissing you somebody's, off. Like, somebody's messing with you, yeah. Like when, yeah. They, when they, somebody uh, had an article, or not an article, but like one of those things where they say, hey, they're canceling the Ozarks. That show the Ozarks. And I was like, what the fuck? That's a, who's, what they're canceling that shit? Who did that? And they look at it and... No, they didn't cancel it. They just said that the season is going to, you know, like the fourth right. season is going to be their last season. Or something Clickbait. Like that. So, yeah, and and it's and that happens so many times, and you find yourself. I find myself just going down this rabbit hole of just, and you just keep going and going and going until you have to make a conscious decision to like stop and just not, not like not ingest anything. Exactly, it's too much. I just, so I feel better when I go like a couple days and I haven't you know, looked at my Facebook feed or, or haven't looked at my Twitter feed. I, I just feel better. And then when I go I back agree. and look at it again, I'm like, oh, there's all this, all this shit again. And, and like you said, if it, if it solicits an emotional response, you, you, that's probably more and more reason to, to have some serious doubts about, the, about that article. Yeah. The other thing is to keep in mind that um, the more you go into a story and realize the nuances, things are complicated. As, as they should be. So like these headlines, uh, I mean, <clears throat> I am not advocating for President Trump, but like policies, policy stories, President Trump denies this, it's terrible, blah, blah, right. blah, blah. Right. And then you dig deep into it and you're like, well, actually it's a little more complicated than the headline. Yeah. Everything should be gray and complicated. Uh, it doesn't mean that there was not a wrong or a right, but we should be more logical beings in order to say, I understand why you did that. I understand why they did that. And I under I see where you're coming from. And, and we need to figure out a way forward together, not based on these crazy emotions, right? Mm, I don't know. We should, did you ever see that? Uh, did you ever see that movie? Uh, good night and good luck. I have not, but I am. I am a fan of Edward R. Murrow. What did yeah. what did they say? That's well. That's that's basically what it was. It, it was it was the notion of uh, of how corporation of corporate interests are getting involved in news, and the news isn't the news anymore. You know, the news is is more entertain. We're leaning towards entertainment. And, entertainment. You know, why are we? And and I'm like that was that happened back in the days of Edward R. Murrow. Long so time ago. I mean, imagine if they saw us now and what we have to call what we call news. Can you imagine what they would think of Facebook and how much money Facebook oh. makes off of advertising? Oh, my God. And that they could direct it? Like, they had no idea ever in their lives that you could you could niche it. Yeah. You could niche it to where you can get the, all the information that you want. And Congress just hauled Zuckerberg on the floor, and he proved that to be a little bitch. And so, What did he say? Well, it's not that he didn't say anything. It's, 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 it's that... 
he's kind of like going to go along with this notion of uh, that, that the government, you know, should be allowed into, you know, into this a little bit. And so we'll make sure that certain things are a certain way, you know, as opposed to, as opposed to saying this is a, you know, it's, it, it could be considered a privacy issue or, mm. or anything like that. And, and that's all, that's always the, that's always the mm. rub. You know, I think Twitter came out and said that they're not, uh, that they're not, they said that they're not going to censor uh, political talk, but then they kick people off Twitter all the time. For hate, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, hate speech and whatnot. Yeah. So for this- what, what they call hate speech. <clears throat> you know, you gotta be careful about what you call hate speech. You know, now what, when is it first amendment and when is it hate speech? Right, yeah, when is it, yeah, when is it hate speech? And, and I'm almost to the point now where I think all of these services, Twitter and Facebook, we should start paying for them. Start paying, <gasps> yes. start paying for them. And then Facebook and Twitter says, look, we make up the rules. We kick off whoever we want to kick off. If we don't like you, we'll kick you off. Tough shit. You pay for it. That's it. You don't have to be a part of it. I have this idea. I mean, it's not my idea. It's a public utility. Yeah, you could. Yeah. What well, if Facebook? Say, well, aren't they trying to do that with the Internet? Are they trying to? Aren't they trying to pri like almost privatize the Internet? I don't know. Oh, I was thinking more of the government side, like, but that's also scary that it's like uh, the phones. Remember, uh, the government had to step in because Ma Bell was just being a bitch and yeah, 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 and break that shit up. And uh -huh. um, uh, or some coder, please take this Facebook, the best of Facebook and make a free public. Yeah, like, yeah, where we could just without advertising. Without, no, no, you're going to, I mean, you have other things that can do that. Like, I mean, like what's, what's competing with YouTube? What's competing with you? Like what Venmo? I mean, not Venmo. Um, what's the other video? TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. Well, I don't know. TikTok's that little, I can't figure what out. What does TikTok. compete with YouTube? Yeah. What, the, what, what competes with it? You know? You're and right. Advertising. Advertising is always going to be that's there. The that's you know, if, if we can get something to say, hey, you don't have to go on YouTube. You can go to, I don't know, Sue Box or something like that. Yeah, the Sue Box. The, Sue the Box. gateway. The gateway to the universe. The gateway to the universe. <laughs> Sue, <laughs> Sue, I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much for chatting. I this has been a tremendous amount of fun. We're going to do this again. I would love to. And seriously, I had such a great time working with you at the bookie. You were such a positive influence was, on my life. That was so long ago. Don't even, come on. Oh, uh, no, but you were. I was a totally different person. You were cool as a cucumber. You were a hard worker. You were happy. You were, even when you were having bad days, you would, you would be happy and you would sing. You know, there's this song, oh, Aaliyah. Aaliyah reminds me, every time she comes oh, on the radio, oh, I think of you. Timberland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That song. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish that. you best. I wish you best. I'm gonna try to do this with like everybody that worked at the bookie. <gasps> if, okay. if I, I wanna try to get Jeff. I wanna try to get um do else? it. I'm gonna try to get everybody to see if we can all get together. Do but so before you hang up on me, then I have to say this. If you're gonna do the bookie contingent, is uh Kenny Ken couples. Uh-huh. Super attractive. We had a secret <laughs> We had a really? secret kiss. Yes, we kissed once at work. Fuck out of here. Just, just, just kiss, right? Just kiss. 
And then after that, the sexual tension was over and we were just friends. Oh, that was like moonlighting. Yes. <laughs> I remember holding a bottle of vanilla syrup and hazelnut syrup going up those steps and he was at the top and then we had this moment and then we kissed and then it was like, oh, okay. And uh, then we were friends. <laughs> and then it was all over. Oh, and then um, our manager. Um, Which one? Jeff Gosser? Oh, yes, Jeff. I, I called in sick once and he saw me at the mall. <laughs> but, but no one, but he was probably high at the same time. To be honest with you. And then Martha, she she was mm -hmm. I just got a kick out of her. I liked her personality so much. And then I follow her on Facebook. She's got like this. She's she doing well. Soap, got her own soap business. Yeah, she's doing good. Yeah, married married a rocker. Yeah. Married and a then, rock star. Do you remember a woman named Natalie? Natalie, she she was a bad influence, good influence on me. We went to a couple of parties together, and I, think uh, I do remember Natalie. You got to Natalie. Remember. I think I, I do remember Natalie. God, yeah. I just remember that she would she could she could steer and smoke with one hand, and <laughs> and then she was like, uh, she was one of the cool kids. Did she wear yes. a leather? Did she wear a leather jacket? No, but she listened to uncensored rap, and and I was like, ooh. <laughs> Uncensored rap in the Pacific Northwest. That's where it starts. Man, good times. Good times. Now you got COVID. See? <laughs> See what happens? So, yeah, you do the bookie contingent. I can't I wait shall. to hear how they are. I shall. You have a great one, Sue. Love you. You too. Love you. Bye. All right, dear. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sue Ann, for joining me on this podcast. It was great talking to you. You can probably tell I had a great time doing it. I very seriously think, very seriously, no, I seriously think that she's going to be uh, on this podcast a few more times. It's great to talk to her. It's great to catch up with her. If you want to uh, catch her, she's going to be less animated, of course, but uh, at 5 a.m., she's up Monday through Friday, Northwest Public Radio's Morning Edition. Thanks for checking us out again. I think uh, we're going to keep this uh, John's Lonely podcast going. So thank you for joining us. Thank you, Anchor. It is the easiest way to get your podcast done. And we hope to see you on John's Lonely podcast number four. Peace.